Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 49, Collaborating with the Tao. The sage has no self that she can call mine. She turns the self of the people into her own. I act with goodness toward the good. I act with goodness toward the bad, too. And so the good is contagious. I relate with trust to the person who is worthy of trust. I relate with trust to the person who is not worthy of trust, too. And so trust is contagious. The sage lives in the world in her victory and rules the world with her simplicity. When all the people look at her and listen to her, the sage takes care of them like a mother takes care of her children. That's verse 49 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Cho Wing Chohan. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about spiritual principles and how they need no governance. Part two talks about emulating the Tao when leading. And part three talks about how relationships build community. So in the first part, we're talking about the sage has no self that she can call, quote, mine. And she turns the self of the people into her own. So this is all spiritual principle stuff, right? Like when we're talking about relationships between people, we're talking about how relationships actually grow and how they flourish. There is no law. There's no rules that you can actually set on that. Because if you do, then it starts to get weird, <laughs> basically. 
And so now I feel like that's that's what we're talking about. Okay, so part two, emulating the Tao and leading, uh, Lao Tzu says that he acts with goodness towards the good and the bad and relating with trust to the person who is worthy of trust and not worthy of trust. So this is basically treating everyone as the Tao treats us, which is with equanimity or impartiality. Okay, now part three talks about sort of like the results of if we exercised part one and two. Part three is talking about how our relationships that need no governance and that are treated with equanimity, what happens there? Well, I feel like he's saying that when these two conditions are present, that's when the beautiful community emerges. So the sage lives in the world in her victory and rules the world with her simplicity. And when all the people look at her and listen to her, then she takes care of them like a mother takes care of her children. So we're looking at this back and forth, this flow between people, (laughs) which is beautiful. Okay, so that will wrap up the parts of this verse today, and then we'll go ahead and get into the discussion. So let's remember that verse 49 has three parts to it. Part one talks about spiritual principles and how they don't need any governance. Part two talks about emulating the Tao when leading. And part three talks about how relationships build community. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 49 again. The sage has no self that she can call mine. She turns the self of the people into her own. I act with goodness toward the good. I act with goodness toward the bad, too. And so, the good is contagious. I relate with trust to the person who is worthy of trust. I relate with trust to the person who is not worthy of trust, too. And so, trust is contagious. The sage lives in the world and her victory and rules the world with her simplicity. But when all the people look at her and listen to her, the sage takes care of them like a mother takes care of her children. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering collaborating with the Tao. There are three. Number one is not committing to points of view. Number two is growing relationships. And number three is community of the heart. Not committing to points of view. There was a German-Swiss author named Hermann Hesse. Herr Hesse, along in his spiritual journey, published 28 works, one of which was called Der Steppenwolf, or The Steppenwolf. Just in case you're wondering, as I did, a steppenwolf is a lone wolf of the steppe, that part of Eurasia that extended from Hungary to Manchuria. The book is about a man named Harry Haller, who identifies as the lone wolf. It's a classic read, so it's not as easygoing as some of our more modern stories, but I found that reading it was like enjoying a butterscotch candy from when I was younger. Classic flavor and delicious, but one that takes appreciation. 
<laughs> well, I'll leave the rest of the book for you to discover. I wanted to mention Harry Holler. Harry seemed to have been a writer or columnist during the First World War and beyond, and his work was polarizing in the story. While Germany was struggling for an identity as a nation during that time, and war seemed to be the only way, Herr Haller opposed it and wrote extensively about his views. When he was older and had retired from writing, our character found himself alone, living somewhat anonymously in a rooftop apartment in a small town. And this is mostly why he identified with a Steppenwolf. The book talks about how Harry struggles to find himself. He has spent years writing opinion pieces and, as a result, has painted himself into an ideologic corner from which he is finding it incredibly difficult to escape. The book tells of his journey, with the help of some other lively characters, how he does just that. So, in this verse today, Lao Tzu tells us that the sage has no self that she can call mine. In another translation, he says, The sage has no decided opinions or feelings of her own. They are dictated by the people. So, similar verses, just different translations. I feel like Harry Holler's story is a great example of why we can embrace this lesson. At first glance, this just looks like more contrarian Lao Tzu stuff. What do you mean I don't get to have my own opinions? <laughs> However, upon further inspection, I read the word decided in mine. And then the verse changed for me. Of course we're going to have opinions and feelings. But I think he's talking about how official policy must not come from the ruler, but from the voice and needs of the people. In other words, the sage is there to govern from an attitude of service rather than impress her opinions and feelings upon the unwilling. So yes, we're not talking about contrarian concepts here after all. We're just talking about servant leadership. And to take this a little further, let's imagine how this applies to our own lives. When I decide I'm going to have a certain opinion, I'm locking into a point of view. I'm taking a stand and saying that what I think is an absolute for me. And in so doing, I'm leaving no room for growth. So when I have a disagreement with my wife, it becomes more important to be right than it is to reach an agreement. When I need to be the expert on a subject at work, I leave no room for me to grow and help more people. And when I need to be the wise friend, infallible in my words and deeds, I leave no room for the back and forth between us that is the actual driver of growth. So personally, if I busy myself creating an identity, I, like the Steppenwolf, find myself alone and in a corner as I adhere to it. I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I must think, talk, and act like that identity that I've created. I imprison myself by setting my opinions and feelings. Now, does this mean that I ought not have opinions and a sense of what's right and wrong? Of course not. We're humans and that's what we do. But what we don't have to do is place so much importance on our feelings and opinions that we close ourselves off to our continued growth. Because as we see in Herman Hesse's book, at some point, our loneliness will drive us to break out of our identity, but the longer we wait, the harder it is to do so. At least that's my experience. 
Growing relationships. What is the sage to the people and the people to the sage other than a relationship? Sure, it looks a little different than a one-on-one, but the basic idea is there. One entity or person coexisting in relation to another. Lao Tzu urges the sage to treat those who are good well and treat those who are bad well. The terms dignity and respect come to mind. So no matter who a person is to me, no matter what they do, I can always find a way to honor their humanity. Does this mean that I should roll myself out like a doormat and allow people to walk on me? No. On the contrary. In a relationship, I'm at least 50% of it. And allowing another to have their way with me to the point that it is detrimental to me robs them of a potentially beautiful experience they can have. So no doormatting. The sage has a relationship with the people. They both share the Tao. They both share each other. And they are both afforded the opportunity to grow with one another. I think what Lao Tzu is telling us here is that the sage can still rule the people kindly and justly and partially. Do you remember how we talked about impartiality in verse 5? What is this part of the verse but a call to remember that equanimity that the Tao shows? It seems that we are called to review how to emulate the Tao at levels on which we can relate. So what about personal relationships? How do we emulate the Tao here? Well, let's imagine ourselves as the sage and another person as the people. And remember, we're just talking about our humanity in relation to one another, no hierarchy. We could reverse it and say that we are the people and the person with whom we are engaged is the sage. Either way works. Treat those who are good, good. Treat those who are bad, good. Treat with sincerity those who are true. Treat those with sincerity who are not true. But why, other than to be good with a Tao? Well, that's a good question, one that I've asked myself often enough. In the past, my method of having relationships with others was pretty selfish. I would meet a person, decide if they would be a good friend, girlfriend, wife, colleague, business partner, and I'd go all in. Eventually, the person turned out to be someone other than what my initial impression was, and I would slowly drift away from that person while looking for another relationship. Now, I did that for a long time. It was a selfish way to go about things, and it was the best I could do at the time. But now, as I walk this journey, I have found that my thoughts and behaviors have changed. When I began practicing the Tao as best as I could, I learned that I could change my relationship to my environment. I could change my relationship to the Tao. I can change my relationship with me. And through all the cool ways that I can practice each of the Tao Te Ching's verses, I'm thinking now about how I can change my relationship with others. If I'm 50% of a relationship with whomever I treat, I'm in a position to impact it either positively or negatively. And same with the other person. And while I may have started a relationship with another for business, romance, or friendship, my primary concern now needs to be how the relationship grows. For example, 
I can meet a colleague that becomes my friend. I can meet a significant other that becomes my business partner and friend. Or I can meet a friend who becomes my significant other. So roles, perhaps, are arbitrary and convenient ways to think about relationships. But what about the magic that happens when I grow in relation with the other person? There's this give and take and this ebb and flow between us. My influence and their influence make us a type of one, don't they? Now, if that growth past the initial definition of roles is what creates that beautiful tapestry of humanity for which I've got a front row, no, an opportunity to sit and work side by side with the weaver, what is it that keeps the growth happening? What keeps that shuttle moving back and forth tirelessly, making imperceptible changes in just the past, but over time creating wonder and beauty? Treating the other person well all the time, not just when I feel like it or don't feel like it. Being sincere and honest with that person, whether I feel like it or not. And treating another with love and being sincere with them, I keep that shuttle's path free of obstructions on my side and allow it to do its work. By treating others with equanimity, I make way for the Tao to flow through us and create this precious experience we call life. So, what happens when I falter and don't treat others with love and sincerity? The Tao waits until I can, patiently, and then flows again once I am able. And it works the same for the other person too, doesn't it? If I can practice showing love and sincerity, dignity and respect to others as much as I can, and to the best of my ability, I can allow the relationships in my life to grow into stunningly beautiful expressions of the Tao. Community of the Heart If the first part of this verse talks about not committing to any particular point of view to remain flexible, and the second part talks about setting a disposition that will allow relationships to grow rather than just be a set of emotional transactions, I feel like the third part tells us how we move around and stay in harmony with all the relationships in which we participate. Lao Tzu says, The sage dwells in the world peacefully, harmoniously. The people of the world are brought into a community of heart, and the sage regards them all as his own children. That's from the Lin Yutang translation. To me, dwelling in the world harmoniously means both giving and receiving. Did you ever collaborate on a project with someone? If the collaboration was equal, there's always this back and forth exchange of ideas, and the end result is a thing or a work that neither person could have created on their own. And it feels like we are invited to do this in all our relationships with others, allowing the Tao to guide us together. So let's look at the second line of this part. The people of the world are brought into a community of the heart. Our translation today says the people look at her and listen to her. Okay, so it seems like those are two different, like really drastic translations here, but I think we can get the same meaning 
from both of them. It seems that one is just talking about the heads aspect and the other translation is talking about the tails aspect of the message. This message seems to say that despite our human power structures, governments, regimes, organizations, and so on, we as humans still form other unseen yet vastly influential communities of spirituality. So governments can rule, countries can be at war, but they can never really control how humanity evolves. We have discussed in past verses how our influential figures throughout history have shaped our spirituality without the help or oppression of the government. Okay, now the final line. The sage regards them all as her own children. And on the surface, this seems to say that if I'm allowing the Tao to help guide my relationships and we don't go messing it up by trying to organize and set too many governance roles together, then we can care for each other as family. And that ties up things nicely. There is one other aspect, though, that I'd like to examine, if you'll bear with me for just a moment longer. For this last part, let's consider the sage on a different level, a personal one. Keeping in mind now that the sage can represent our consciousness and the people can represent our bodies and lives, we can internalize this message a little differently, though the message pretty much stays the same. Personally, I am dwelling in my thoughts and feelings harmoniously, acknowledging that there is an ebb and flow to my personal disposition and cooperation with the Tao. I am forming a community of heart with myself. I'm not pressuring me to do stuff or be stuff that perhaps I'm not right now. And I'm being content with who and what I happen to be at this moment. And treating myself as my own children... That's self-love. I can love and cherish that innocence within me. I love how we can always apply the Tao Te Ching to multiple levels of our experiences. That's what really makes it come alive for me. So I think that's a great place for us to stop today. To wrap up my experience with this verse and considering collaborating with the Tao, I thought about three things. Number one is not committing to points of view. Number two is growing relationships. And number three is community of the heart. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of collaborating with a Tao in this verse today. And we can use that personal introspection we just talked about to influence our behavior so that we can begin to emanate the Tao and send ripples of compassion out to our human family. So, to that end, I'd like to play something that I'll call the coin game. It starts off by saying that there's a heads to a situation and a tails to a situation. Our objective is to pick a person with whom we are irritated <laughs> and examine our feelings from the other side. If we could do this, we'll be practicing seeing the good in the bad, as Lao Tzu puts it in the second part of this verse. Okay, so let's take a deep breath and ask the Tao to show us something new today. Thank you. Let's think back over the last 24 hours, week, or month 
and call into our minds a person with whom we had a disagreement. This can be a philosophical agreement, or a point of view disagreement. Or, we can pick a person with whom we're just generally irritated. (laughs) So let's put that person on the head side of our coin. Now, while remaining calm and without justifying our point of view, let's just sit with this feeling of irritation for a moment. Just allow it to exist. Okay, good. Now that's us. That's us that are just allowing it to exist. Now let's put us on the tail side of the coin. Let's ask ourselves, what are the elements that are common to heads and tails on our coin? It could be that we share the same circular shape. It could be that we are made of the same material. Aren't I and the person with whom I'm irritated both humans? Despite some of our physical and some of our molecular differences, aren't we just variations of the same blueprint? Don't we experience the world in generally the same way? We could also ask ourselves what advantage there is to having another person on the opposite side of our coin. Perhaps that person on heads sees something we don't. Perhaps we see something they don't. Perhaps the coin is capable of looking in two directions simultaneously. Is there an element of truth in this irritating person's viewpoint? Is there something on which we can agree, however basic? I can think of one. If the coin spins or rolls, we both go for a ride. Are we both vulnerable to forces of nature? And aren't we both vulnerable to our own egos, forces of pride and fear? And don't we have the same temptations to deviate from the Tao now and then? If we're on both sides of a coin, don't we both have value? Isn't it true that without heads there is no coin? Could we see that regardless of our opinions as to the goodness or the badness of a person, we are inherently valuable? So that's the exercise. Thank you for doing that with me. When I'm irritated by another person, sometimes I give in to the temptation to judge them as bad or bad for me. But I can pause, remember that they are just like I am, only with a different set of circumstances and points of view. By being themselves, they're literally watching my back. Thought about this way, how can I but be grateful for them? I can look past those little things that are irritating to my ego and treat them the way they deserve, with love, with sincerity, and with compassion. So that'll wrap it up today. Thank you for considering with me how to apply the principle of collaborating with the Tao. To 
close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 49 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Chou Wing Chohan. The sage has no self that she can call mine. She turns the self of the people into her own. I act with goodness toward the good, and I act with goodness toward the bad, too. And so, the good is contagious. I relate with trust to the person who is worthy of trust. I relate with trust to the person who is not worthy of trust, too. And so, trust is contagious. The sage lives in the world in her victory and rules the world with her simplicity. When all the people look at her and listen to her, the sage takes care of them like a mother takes care of her children. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.